The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with The Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global. Here is your host of Plant Profits, Bert Miller. Well, thank you all for joining us here on Plant Profits. I'm Bern Davis with Protus Global, and I'm guest hosting for Bert Miller today. My next guest runs one of the fastest growing edible companies in Colorado. He and his company were recognized by Entrepreneur as a top 100 leader in cannabis. He also serves on the board of numerous leading cannabis industry associations, Colorado Leeds, and the New Jersey so I wish all of you would welcome to our show today, Peter Barsoom. Peter is the founder and CEO of Nuka Enterprises, who are the makers of this amazing and wonderful brand of 1906 Edibles. Peter, how are you doing today? Excellent, Vern. Very nice to be joining you this morning. Uh, it was great to see you back in August. I wish I could be there in person with you right now. <laughs> I tell you what, we had a great time back in Detroit in mid-August amongst a thousand of our closest friends. And um, <laughs> we had a nice chat. And, I'm, uh, I, and, and when I heard that you were going to be on the show today, I was very, very excited uh, to, to know that you were going to be here because like I, I'm sure everyone wants to know all there is to know about what's going on with 1906 and and uh, and and what's been happening. And I want to know since August. But um, why don't we just start at the top and just tell us about what 1906 is? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's start with the name. Um, okay. 1906 was the year that the Wiley Act was passed which effectively started the prohibition of cannabis. And our mission, Vern, is to bring cannabis back to its pre-prohibition status and highlight the failed century of the war on drugs. Um, so we, that's the story behind 1906, and I'm happy to tell you about some of our efforts, particularly in the areas of ending the war on drugs and in uh, employing formerly incarcerated individuals in the industry, you know, those are the people who paid the, the highest price for the prohibition of marijuana for the last century. Um, uh, so that's the story behind the name. What we're all about is, is pretty simple. Um, when we started in the industry a few years ago, uh, what we noticed is that there was a lack of really good options for edibles. If, you didn't smoke cannabis, the market really didn't serve you well. And there are three major problems with the non-smokables market. One is that most products taste bad. Um, second yes. is that you have no idea <laughs> how they make you feel. Like at best products are labeled indica sativa hybrid. And when people use cannabis, they want a specific benefit from it, maybe to help them sleep, to ease with anxiety for a boost of energy um, for arousal and feeling sensual. There's specific reasons why each of us uh, uses cannabis. And edibles don't satisfy that need in terms of giving people a distinct effect. And then the third problem is the long delay 
between ingestion and activation time. And so how many of us either know somebody or have suffered the issue of you take an edible, you wait 60 minutes, nothing's happened, you take another one, and then next thing you know, you're seeing purple dragons on the ceiling. So, right. <laughs> so we <laughs> created 1906 to basically solve those three problems, make something that tastes great, give you a specific effect and make it fast acting. And now you've opened up a whole new world of potential cannabis consumers who want a low dose controlled dose experience that may be a supplement or alternative to alcohol or pharmaceuticals. Yeah, I, I think that's that's very impactful and everything you said is true. And I'm sure some of the folks that are listening to us today have had some of those weird experiences when it comes to edibles. But I really want to go back to where you uh, specifically started this conversation talking about the mission of your brand, right? And, and you were talking about ending this war on drugs and, and what you guys are doing in communities about this employment of disenfranchisement. Tell me more about that. Yeah, I, I, you know, absolutely. And I'll use a phrase from uh, someone I really admire, Cory Booker, the mm -hmm. senator from New Jersey. He talks about the war on drugs as a war on people. And mm -hmm. he's absolutely right in characterizing it this way, that the uh, people who suffered most, particularly black and Latino uh, communities from, uh, from marijuana prohibition. Um, and the way we see it is that there are lots of different elements to ensuring social equity and making up for the wrongs of the past. One of the ways in which we're committed to is in the area of employment. Um, this is an industry that's going to create tens of thousands of new jobs. And those who have been most negatively impacted by prohibition should be able to uh, earn a rightful place in the industry. And so what we've done is we've committed to a program to train and empower formerly incarcerated individuals to enter the industry. It's called Grow Cannabis, which stands for Generating Real Opportunities for Work, mm. uh, G-R-O-W in Cannabis. And it's a two-month-long training program for formerly incarcerated individuals where they're fully paid during that two months training because one of the challenges, of course, is you can't expect people to give up a living wage in order to go learn the skills that they need. And so we address that by, uh, by ensuring that those participants in the training program are fully paid. Then secondly, upon successful completion of the training program, we've partnered with Banks, which is one of the major staffing agencies in the industries, to assist them with finding jobs in the marijuana industry uh, as well. So well, that's good. That's, yeah, so that's one of the many ways in which we're committed to social equity, we're committed to those who have been most negatively impacted by the war on drugs. Well, that's great. And I think that is, uh, that's awesome cause is to, is to keep people moving forward. And uh, 1906 is, is playing a major role in that. And, and I think that's, that's, that's awesome. I want to spend some time today with you uh, talking about brand and what your thoughts are by brand. Now, I know that you you came out of Wall Street. You worked with you know some great companies, American Express and and some others, obviously uh, on the street. And and 
how has that experience translated to what you're doing and trying to build a brand? Uh, that's a great question, Vern. You know, I've had the privilege and the opportunity to work uh, on and with some of the greatest brands in uh, in in consumers, American Express and Merrill Lynch being two of some of the most recognized brands uh, in the in the world. And one of the things that you learn that I learned from that experience is the importance of building consumer trust and the importance of building a promise with respect to your brand. You know, in the world of financial services, trust is critical. You have to trust American Express that when you take your American Express card, it's going to work. You have to trust Merrill Lynch with your money. And so building that consumer trust and on that promise is one of the lessons that we've taken in creating and building 1906. And the 1906 promise to consumers is that you're going to have a low dose, controlled dose experience that's going to deliver a specific effect and it's going to be fast acting. That's that's great. So so you, you feel like there's the communication with the consumer is all about uh, creating a clear and defined purpose and message of your brand. Yeah, absolutely. Why is it that somebody is going to choose 1906 over a different product? And the challenge in the world of cannabis from a consumer perspective is it's totally confusing. You walk into a dispensary, you have this, if you're a flower smoker, you have all these different strain names that mean nothing to a consumer. Mm -hmm. You see all these different products that look the same, packaged the same, just come in different sugary flavors. And so it's confusing and it's anxiety inducing for somebody who's walking into a dispensary. We try and keep it really simple. You know, we try and keep it really simple, low dose. Here's the name of the product. The name tells you exactly what it's going to do for you. It tastes great. The packaging is really clear and and bold. And it's something that you are excited to try and excited to take home. No, that's, 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 that's great. How do you cut through all of this? You walk, I've been in dispensaries and I've walked through dispensaries and it's confusing with all of the different uh, products, types, uh, you, you know, how do you bring attention to 1906? And how do you, you, you navigate this steep curve of education? Yeah, uh, you know, and we're still learning at it, Vern. So by no means do I think we've kind of figured it out. Uh, but what we try and do is fall back on a couple of key principles. One is, you know, the old KISS principle, keep it simple, stupid. So our boxes are a bright color that signify what that experience is. You know, midnight is a dark purple. Go is a green. Love is a red pink color. So the color signifies something. Second, the name is simple. It's go, love, genius, chill, midnight, bliss. Right? That tells you instantly, okay, I get what it's going to do for me if I, if I take this product. Um, and so that's, you know, in, that's the way in which we try and uh, perform well on the shelf. The other thing that we do is we spend a lot of time on education, particularly with butt tenders. Um, okay. What we found, yeah, what we, what we learned is that most consumers don't even do any type of research before they walk into a dispensary. Less than yeah. a third. I mean, it's amazing. O- only a third or less of people 
even do a Google search or do any type of research about what kinds of products that they that they want before they walk into a dispensary. So less than one third of consumers do any type of research before they walk into a dispensary. And so they're dependent upon the butt tender to help guide them in the choices to what product is right for them. And so we invest a lot in butt tender education in order to help the butt tenders help consumers make the best decision about what's right for them. That's great. The butt tenders are so important to what, what we're all trying to do here. Uh, and cause they are the front line to the consumer. Uh, Peter, let, let's, uh, I, I'm excited to talk to you about more things that are happening and some uh, news that broke uh, earlier this week that we're going to dive into and we'll continue our discussion with Peter Barsum from Nuka Enterprises, 1906 on the other side of this break. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Let me welcome Nick Hexum from 311. We've never heard things like your music when it first came out. It's like to mix the reggae with the punk and all of that together was just such an unusual sound and, and we loved it. We realized we're not going to copy what's on the radio. At the time, it was all grunge at, that was on the radio. And I said, let's just stick to what we know and wait for a culture to come around to us. Hey, it's Nick Hexum from 311, and you're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina on CannabisRadio.com. Let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Himping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer and Shipley. Your signature top 10 song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We're tuning up in the dressing room, and Tom said, Man, I'm really One Toke Over the Line. I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. It's time to Hemp Resent, only on Cannabis Radio. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. We're here with Peter Barsoom, the founder and CEO of Nuke Enterprises, Peter created a wonderful brand called 1906 Edibles. Peter and I have been enjoying a few minutes of discussion about his brand and his journey. And something really cool, very exciting, 
and something that's kind of rare now, not happening so much <laughs> over the last couple of <laughs> months. <laughs> you you had some exciting news that broke uh, at the beginning of the week. Peter, why don't you tell us all about this? Yeah, absolutely. So we announced on Monday kind of two big developments at 1906. One is that we had closed uh, $18 million in financing in our current round. Um, and then second also, uh, which we're equally excited about, is the, is the launch of Drops, which is our new product line of swallowable pills in all experiences. Oh, that's great. Well, that, that completes a promise that you and I talked about back in August, back in Detroit, is that your innovation was going to constantly happen in your business. And, and so, so tell us, how are you choosing what innovation is next and why? Yeah, um, you know, I think we base it on a couple of key factors. You know, one is, what is it that we hear from consumers? You know, okay. they are the best judge of where it is that we should be going. And then we second look at how is it that consumers behave? And in the case of our drops, for instance, you know, the fact is that the cannabis is medicine, number one. And number two, what is the most predominant way in which people take medicine today? And that's a pill. And so based upon that, uh, if we're going to offer people and tell them cannabis is medicine, we should be offering it to them in the format that they know best, which is a pill. And so this is the first um, fast-acting specific effect cannabis pill that's on the market today. So we're really excited to be bringing that to the masses. Well, that's great. Now, is what role did your innovation play? Uh, you have a number of firsts that are kind of mounting up here, play in you getting the funding. Um, you know, first I think is the, is our experiences and the effects that they have. So we're the first and only company to incorporate other plant medicines in addition to cannabis in all of its products. Um, the second innovation is in our delivery, which is we're the only fast acting edible on the market. It's a patented uh, process that's been proven out now in a number of scientific studies to increase bioavailability and make uh, onset time faster. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think the third area that we are innovating and always continue is in our change. How do we be become more ecologically sustainable and, mm -hmm. and child resistant in, in our packaging? And then, you know, the last piece is in our delivery formats, um, okay. which is whether it be the beverages that we're working on right now or our fast-acting press tablets. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we continue to find novel ways in which consumers want to consume and meeting those needs. Oh, that's, that's, uh, that's good. That's really good news. So... You know, you're, you're building this great company. You need a lot of help doing that. I've, I've, I've viewed some of the folks on your leadership team. Tell me about that. You got a, you have an ACE team put together here. Tell, tell us about that and, and what it's like leading the business with, with this group of great professionals. Um, yeah, we've been really humbled and fortunate to attract some amazing people 
Uh, to our team who came out of other industries, other consumer packaged goods, whether it be apparel or retail or industrial scale food manufacturing, um, you know, cannabis is a, is a hot sector to be in now. Um, years ago, I would say four or five years ago, it was hard to get people to come into the industry. Now the industry is attracting some of the best and the brightest and you know, we're really humbled by our ability to have attracted such a great team. Yeah, that that is uh, that is great. Um, you, you know, when I take a look at at what you're doing, Peter, and in this environment, um, uh, and what this environment you're leading this company in, uh, and what's happening to the cannabis world, uh, what are your thoughts about the last two to three months? And what other companies and, you, and I'm sure you guys have experienced in uh, in the marketplace and what's happening in the market? Yeah, you know it's interesting, Vern, because it's kind of like a tale of two worlds, right? Okay. At one level, we have the safe. Uh, act passing in the House of Representatives by an overwhelming bipartisan majority. We yeah. have the governors of New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, New York, all talking about legalizing cannabis. We have uh, Senator Mitch McConnell passing the farm bill and touting kind of the, the, the promise of hemp. And we have three-fourths of Americans in a recent survey we just conducted saying that they uh, would try uh, cannabis as, as medicine. Okay. So the undercurrent is incredibly strong, which is cannabis days are coming. It's becoming more mainstream. It's, uh, uh, and, and that's what consumers want. And the political winds are really strong in favor of continued progress on, on legalization and ending the war on drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at that and I say, those are the fundamentals. Um, at the same time, we've seen, particularly in the public market, the last couple of months, some real frothiness with respect to the public market. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that is what I call the noise. That's what I call the noise. Those are the short-term noise about right. particularities in the public markets, but it doesn't change the fundamentals, which is legalization is coming. Consumers want to use cannabis. It's a better alternative for some people, and in some cases, to alcohol or pharmaceuticals. That's a very steadying philosophy to live by in the business. You know, I I, I get a chance to talk to a lot of CEOs like yourself, and the thing that um, I keep hearing and the thing that I keep saying is that this is this is normal and this is good what's happening in the public markets and the noise part of this is good because consumers are going to win. Real companies are going to win. If you have the best talent, the best brands, the best ideas, you're going to win. And that's what should be happening in an evolving marketplace. You agree? Absolutely. Look, every disruptive industry goes through its noise, whether it be when the internet boom happened and we had Webvan and we had pets.com and, you know, uh, these are, these were the early pioneers in, and we had Excite, you know, Alta Vista, 
all these names, you know, went public, got a lot of fanfare and, you know, didn't last uh, a long time. So we're focused on the, on the long game here. I think some of the things that we're seeing in terms of the companies that are in the news and in the public markets, you know, some of them are, are, are likely to go the way of pets.com and Webvan. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. What, what do you, in, in this environment, what, what are you, what are your challenges? What are, what are the big things you're, you're dealing with that, that you know you have to win? Um, you know, capital is a challenge. This is a capital intensive business and we need the confidence of our investors and we need the capital from our investors to continue to execute against uh, our, our, our long-term plan. Um, so I'd say, you know, that's a challenge. I think um, things that are systemic crises or seemingly systemic crises are the challenges. So for instance, when can trust committed fraud, you know, mm-hmm. then that that's a black eye on the entire industry, right? This industry, Try. this market is young. This is a huge social and political experiment. And mm-hmm. we have to remember that we, all of us who are operators here should be operating with the highest degree of care and trust. You know, the world has trusted us in terms of legalizing cannabis Regulators have trusted us in terms of creating products that are safe and effective for consumers. And consumers are trusting us that we are living up to those standards of health and safety. So when a large company like CanTrust violates that trust, that uh, calls into question everything that we're, that we're doing. So that's the second thing that I worry about. That's important. That's, that's big. You know, I, I worry too. I worry that um, that consumers are going to get mixed messages and going to get off track. And I don't know if that's real. What do you think about that? Yeah, when you say mixed messages, what are some of the messages you think that they could be hearing? Well, there's so many agendas. And agendas kind of rule the messages and what you see and what you read and the sources that you get this information from, that's what you live by. And, um, and there's, and the messages of some of the bad actors in the space, there's still bad actors in the space and, yeah, absolutely. What they, and the damage that they do in the space, it, it tends to have a paintbrush effect in the industry. And I worry about those things. Yeah, me too. You know, that's why regulation is so important. We need strict regulation so that, uh, the can trusts of the world and other fraudulent players are identified and rooted out quickly. You know, we need regulation so that um, consumers feel safe. I mean, that's why we've got to move forward on further legalization and regulation. You know, the vaping crisis, we still don't know exactly what the cause of it is. It appears to be coming from uh, illicit products based upon everything we know right now. So the answer is not more prohibition, it's more regulation so that um, people know that what they buy is safe and that they can buy things legally. No, I totally, totally agree. Look, Peter, we're going to take a break and come back. We'll continue our discussions with Peter Barsom from Nuka Enterprises in 1906 Edibles on the other side of this break. Plant profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. 
Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits. Welcome to another episode of Plant Profits. I am Bert Miller, your host. As you guys know, the purpose of this show is to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. Plant Profits, only on CannabisRadio.com. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee, Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take-anywhere treat. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. We're here with Peter Barson, the founder and CEO of Nuka Enterprises, who created these wonderful brands called 1906 Edibles. And he's given us a lot of insight about the innovation and his model and, and how he's viewing the consumer. We've talked a lot about the the cannabis business, the space. Now we're going to really focus. You know, I really want to talk about the business. You know, you're running this, you're riding this, this rocket ship. Uh, it's going really fast. And uh, tell me about what's gotten you ready for this. And, and we'll get into some of the challenges. Oh, um, well, the, you know, what's gotten me ready for this is, uh, is, the reliance on the amazing team that we've got at 1906. You know, we've been really fortunate to attract uh, people who are passionate about our mission, passionate about uh, the brand and the products that we, that we create. And, um, you know, I serve at the, the, the pleasure of my team members. Um, and they're the ones who are building the brand, who are out there making great products and out there promoting it to our but tenders and to consumers. Oh, that's, uh, that's, that's great. And that's a challenge. What about all the stuff that you don't get to? How do you deal with that? Um, I think you just breathe and you feel comfortable <laughs> that you can, you know, that, that, 
uh, that's the one thing I've is just trying to learn that, you know, there is my list of things I want to do is always going to be greater than the list of things that I get to, which is always going to be greater than the list of the things I do well. And, uh, yeah, um, it's really been in, in vulnerability and humility and the importance of both every day. So, you, you know, one of the things that I obviously in, in, in being in the people solution business come up against all the time is there's, you know, there's so many gaps and there's things you just, you just got to get comfortable with. They're not going to get done. And I think that's what you just told me. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah. Uh, you know, so, but let me ask you a question. Are you having trouble attracting talent or trouble uh, attracting the right talent? No, actually, you know, you know, on the talent front, we've been really lucky. Um, okay. And I think for a couple of reasons, one, from the beginning, we've had teams across the country. So, you know, when I started, I was uh, still living in New York and coming back and forth to Colorado. Um, our marketing team is based out in Portland. We've got people in New Jersey, in New York, uh, uh, in Colorado working for us. So we've been thoughtful and uh, uh, attentive from the beginning about hiring the best people and, you know, the best place that they need to work from, uh, uh, we try and accommodate. So that's opened up a whole pool of people that would be difficult to attract. Um, and then we get a lot of people, you know, in our market in Colorado who want to come work for us, um, okay. thankfully. So, uh, so far it, it hasn't been a challenge. You know, we're going to be opening up new markets in Illinois and Massachusetts and, and Michigan over the coming months. So mm -hmm. that's going to open up a whole other world of trying to, uh, attract talent. And, um, we're trying to gear up for what does it look like when we've got to hire another, you know, we're about 40 people strong now. If we're okay. going to double in size over the next 12 months, what are all the challenges that are going to happen with, you know, doubling your company size in 12 months? Yeah, there's, there's tremendous challenges. Uh, there's, there's cultural challenges. And have you spent any time on culture at all? Yeah, we, we've actually been doing, you know, a lot of work on culture from the beginning. Um, we had set out, you know, some intentions in terms of the company. We are, uh, we're 70% female. Um, okay. uh, and that's across every level at the management level, um, all the way to, uh, every part of the organization. So that's one of the elements that, um, is kind of core to our culture. Um, and, uh, we've been doing a lot of work as a team, as a leadership team over the last, uh, four months on trying to define the attributes of our culture and our values right now so that when we grow, we know who to attract. How do we recruit talent? How do we manage talent? And how do we be sure that we're giving our employees the uh, the best place to work for them? Oh, that's great. Oh, that's good. Peter, I tell you, this has been a tremendous conversation, and um, I look forward to it. And we do owe each other a, per, uh, a, a phone call, and we should we should we should do that um, and talk more. And I want to talk more. But what, what would you like to leave us all with about, uh, about your business, about 1906, about the industry or, 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 or whatever? What would you like to leave us with? 
Um, you know, I think the, 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 the first thing is that uh, uh, for everybody, you know, get out to vote, get politically organized, um, write to your congressmen, your senators, your state legislators that um, it's time to end the war on people and, and the war on drugs. Um, and um, I think that's the key message we want to leave everybody with is that we've got a responsibility um, to act. We've got a responsibility to end the decades-long prohibition and the negative consequences it, it's had uh, across the spectrum. Well, well said and, said and said enough. Thank you for joining us, Peter. You all can download episodes of Plant Profits by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Products, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Follow Protus Global, a people solutions firm, through our social network, including LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Finally, learn more about how we are building companies and changing lives at ProtusGlobal.com. That's ProtusGlobal.com. Until next time, cheers, everyone. opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.